Please turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 19. John 19, we're uh, reading uh, verses 1 through 16. John 19, 1 through 16. Hear the word of God. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and reined him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, uh, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourself and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered the headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release him, you are not a friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at the place that is called the stone pavement, or in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. Let's pray. Lord, you're good and gracious in every respect. Better to us than we deserve. And this is the case because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. In His suffering, 
death, resurrection, ascension, and rule and reign presently in heaven. And we thank you that he is our king. And from that exalted position, he's pleased to pour out the blessed Holy Spirit upon us. And we pray that even as we have time this evening to look into this text, and as we sing and pray, and as we have the privilege of partaking of the Lord's Supper, that Jesus Christ, our King, will with you, dear Father, pour your Spirit out upon us, that we may, in these words of Scripture, behold our King. And bless us to this end, we ask in the good name of Jesus Christ, who is the Lord. Amen. Tarzan is king of the jungle. Well, I mean, according to the old movies and according to Marvel comic books, this is the case. The lion is the king of the beasts. This is what we're taught, at least. Nebuchadnezzar was king of Babylon. And Caesar was king of the Roman Empire, the ruler of the Roman Empire. All of these had one thing in common. Jesus Christ is over them and rules supreme in every way over them. And as we look at our text this evening, this is the, this is the struggle, uh, the tension that's present. Is there another king? Or is Jesus Christ the one and only king? And in the words of Pilate, Uh, The exhortation uh, comes to you and to me. Uh, The exhortation was given by Pilate to the Jews. Behold your king and God in heaven says to you and to me in these same words through this text, Behold your king. Uh, The text begins with uh, some interchange between uh, Pilate, who was governor of Judea, governor of the Jews, the Roman governor, and Jesus. Before we get into the text proper, uh, some of the conversation has to do with who this Jesus is. And uh, Pilate uh, asks the question, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answers and says, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say this about me? And Pilate says then, So you are a king. 
And uh, Jesus responds, uh, well, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, uh, my disciples would fight on my behalf, and I would not have been taken by the Jewish authorities. And then Jesus is offered an escape route by Pilate. Verse 39 in chapter 18 says, Pilate speaking to the Jews, You have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. They would have rather had a thief and a robber and a pirate than Jesus. And so in verse 1 of chapter 19, in our text proper, then Pilate took Jesus and flogged Him. This, This whole matter of flogging was really a preparation for crucifixion. And uh, some of you know that this is the case, uh, that the, uh, the whip or the device that was used to flog uh, the victim uh, was on a short stick, and uh, there were leather thongs that uh, carried uh, pieces of bone, and on the end of those leather throngs, uh, thongs, uh, there was something like a, a marble, an agate of iron. And so when uh, that whip was thrown across the back of the victim, in this case Jesus, his flesh was torn, and uh, those agates uh, bit into his back and into his buttocks and into his legs. And uh, there was uh, bruising that took place, not only on the surface, but uh, to the internal organs. And uh, the outer layers of skin were slashed. And some believe that uh, in this case, even the internal organs were laid bare. And the whole idea of the flogging was that uh, if the individual who was flogged was there long enough, when crucified, he wouldn't be able to last very long on that cross. He would expire quickly. And of course, uh, the text tells us that it's the sixth hour, it's near noontime, and Jesus will soon be on that cross, and it's barely three hours later that He does expire. And this is the picture that we see. And of course, the crown of thorns pressed on His head. I think of long, piercing needles for thorns pressed down on his skull, piercing the flesh. There's not a lot lot of flesh that covers the skull. Pressed down. And then, hail, King of the Jews. Slap, 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 spit. This is how Jesus Christ was treated. Verse 4, Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. 
Pilate is, had brought Jesus into uh, the area of uh, his headquarters in Jerusalem. The Jews wouldn't come in uh, to Pilate's headquarters because if they did, they might be unclean. They wouldn't want to be unclean. But they would want to see Jesus put to death on trumped-up charges. And so, Pilate coming out now and bringing Jesus with him, says, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. There was really no cause for Jesus to be punished, to be put to death. And so Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, Behold the man. And he must have been a pitiful sight. Spattered with blood from the whipping. The robe soaked with blood. Perhaps dripping on the pavement. Running down his brow from the crown of thorns. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! And Pilate said to them, Take him yourself and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. And you can imagine that there's a great palaver, that it's a great crowd, and the noise, the noise, the noise is incessant. And in order to hear the conversation, Voices had to be lifted. And Pilate shouts back at the Jews. And the Jews cry back to him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself the Son of God. This man, this man has made himself, the Jews say, the Son of God. But the Jews knew the testimony of Jesus. They knew that He had had performed many miracles. That He changed water into wine at Cana of Galilee. That He sent a, a, a blind man to the pool of Siloam to wash. And the blind man came back seeing He raised Lazarus from the dead. The Jews knew all this. And they knew that the signs, the signs were performed to validate the fact that Jesus was indeed the coming Messiah, the promised seed for whom they were waiting. They would have none of it. He he called himself the Son of God. We don't believe it. We We don't want him. 
He's stirring up. He's stirring up our church. He's making a mess of uh, the things that we love and hold dear. Away with him. That was the idea. And Pilate, uh, Pilate is Pilate is in a quandary because the the crowd in such a ruckus is is becoming a mob and a riot. And Pilate knows that if there's a riot that takes place in the city of Jerusalem at the time of the Passover, that the word will get back to Rome and his own position as governor might be put in jeopardy. And so he's fearful. And verse 8 says, When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. This statement, he himself made himself the Son of God. And he entered the headquarters, verse 9, again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? The confession had already been made. My kingdom is not of this world. And so then, where are you from? Was the question. Jesus gave him no answer. As the sheep is silent before the shears, so he did not open his mouth. And so Pilate said to him, you, you can picture it, Here, here's Jesus, beaten nearly to death and hardly able to hold himself erect. And Pilate, getting up in his face, Will you not speak to me? Do you not know I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Do you not realize this? Of course, Jesus knew full well. The kind of authority that Governor Pilate carried. And he answered, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. You'd have no authority as a, as a governor were it not for the great God of heaven who appointed governments in this world. And so ultimately, the authority comes from my Father. Uh, This is basically what uh, Jesus is saying uh, to Pilate. And uh, he goes on to say, look, you think you're going to escape Guilt for sin in 
having me flogged and having me put to death. Uh, You think this is the case. Uh, Not too long ago, when you offered according to the custom that I might be released, the Jews cried for Barabbas, and you had me flogged. And then what did you do? You called for a basin, and you washed your hands in the basin, symbolically ridding yourself of guilt. And you made that kind of a proclamation to the Jews. No, no, no. You'll not escape guilt for sin. But there's another matter that you must understand. He who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. Yes, there are some sins that are more heinous in the sight of God than others. And when the Catechism speaks about this, the proof text is Judas Iscariot turning Jesus over to the chief priest. Yes, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin, but there is still sin on your part, Pilate. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. Here's the dilemma, Pilate. You say that Caesar is your king. But here's a man who declares himself a king. What's your choice? On which side do you fall? And mark this. That if you fall on the side of Jesus... You're not a friend of Caesar. Well, Pilate would not have any, uh, any of that, for sure. And so when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at the place called the Stone Pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha, a large porch affixed to the governor's headquarters with a chair known to be the place where the governor would sit and make his judgments with regard to Roman law and the place of the Jews. And there he sat now in that seat. And Jesus, standing 
beside him. Behold your king. Behold your king. Pilate says to the Jews. And they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! And uh, the way the uh, language reads, it's as though they were chanting. It's a mob now. It's a riot. Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! The chant goes on. The chant goes on. The chant goes on. And Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? Is this what you want? Shall I put him to death? And the chief priest cried, We have no king but Caesar. We have no king but Caesar. And the whole, uh, the whole matter comes to a head. No, we reject the Messiah. We reject the king whom God has sent. We don't have a king like that. Our king is Caesar. We'll bow to government. Government will take care of us. Government is our king. The Supreme Court is our king. That would be the cry today. And so he delivered him over to them to be crucified. Behold your king. Behold your king. Think of it. Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, who did not think equality of God a thing to be grasped, but humbled himself to become a servant. And being found in the likeness of men, he was obedient to his Father. Obedient to the point of death. And in John 19, 1 through 16, we just get a little a little slice, a little picture of that obedience, of that humility. That obedience and that humility exercised in order to bring about your cleansing from sin. 
we're about to celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And when the elements are blessed and distributed to us, we have an opportunity once again to take in our hands the bread. which represents to us the body of Christ. The body of Christ that was beaten and bruised and bled for you and me. And we can again take the cup in our hands and reflect on the blood of the Savior spilled by those thorns spilled by that scourging and then spilled by the nails in his hands and in his feet. Behold your king. Behold your king who did this, who did this for you and for me. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful to you for great grace. Wonderful grace. Undeserving grace. Brought to us by Jesus Christ in accordance with your plan and your purpose. And as a result, we can gather together, we can sing together, we can freely pray to you and give you thanks. And we can commune together. in the supper of our dear Lord and in this text and in this supper we have the privilege of beholding our King thank you that this is the case and bless us with a deeper understanding of how good you actually are to us. In him, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.